proud bisexual astrology influencer. Bye bye bye. Question mark. <laughs> It is Hot by Summer. Hello and welcome to Hot by Summer, the podcast that's your one-stop shop for everything bi with your host, me, Charmy, where we talk about everything from bi news, bi TV shows and films, bi awakenings, and so much more. Don't forget to rate and review. Go ahead. Do it right now. Give me a couple stars. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And without further ado, let's get into it. So let's start off today talking about some juicy, hot bi news, shall we? There's so much happening. There's Pride is just around the corner. We're just about to have the sun shining. I mean, it's about to be a moment. I can already tell. Everybody keeps talking about how this summer is about to be like summer 2016. And I'm like, is it? Is it about to be? Because if it is, I'm ready. You know who else is ready? Beyonce is ready. Because Beyonce kicked off the Renaissance World Tour this week in Stockholm. And there is so much to unpack here. First of all, the visuals are absolutely stunning, like more stunning than I could ever imagine or dream of. And what's so frustrating, I felt the same way when I went to see the Kehlani concert. It's like I pretty much knew the entire set list. I knew the entire like choreography, set design. Like I knew all of it before I even went to the concert, which is so frustrating that we live in that world where the, the element of surprise and newness really just does not happen anymore. Um, so it's very frustrating that I'm like scrolling on Twitter. I'm like, dang it, that's another part. That's another part. That's And I just, it's like you kind of put the pieces together. People are posting about like the set list. I'm like, I don't want the set list. I don't want anything. I want to be surprised. I'm an air sign rising. I like the element of surprise far too much. But I mean, this is the world we live in, right? This is the world we live in where everything is kind of just like, recorded, written down, reposted constantly. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited to go and experience it for myself. But something that I found that was really exciting is that Beyonce has implemented gender neutral restrooms in every single venue. So it's just so exciting to see that like, not only is Beyonce like, you know, an icon, a mogul, really celebrating black transness and black queerness in this and throughout this album. But not only that, but like walking the walk, not just like being like, Oh, okay. Like whatever. Um, these, these are my fans. No, she's like, I'm here for you. You are a part of this movement. And it's just very exciting to see. It's very, very exciting to see her sort of integrate queerness into her album. And I'm not going to speculate on her sexuality because that's not for me to do. Um, but I just, I love that she's doing that. And it's just exciting to see um, a out and about bicon that I love is Victoria Monet. She is also a Taurus. And I feel like I've said this on every single episode. Every single episode I've said this. <laughs> but Victoria Monet and Kehlani used to date. It was a double Taurus situation. I can imagine that they were just like in bed all day. Like it was just like, let's Uber Eats. Should we get ready for the club or should we watch this TV show? Let's watch Grey's Anatomy in order 
let's order pho. I feel like that was the dynamic of their relationship. I mean, I'm sure it was more than that. But anyways, I digress. Victoria Monet dropped a single called Party Girls. Not only did she drop the single, but she also dropped a music video along with it. And it always reminds me that Victoria Monet is really the reason why Thank You Next was such a huge mainstream hit. Victoria Monet's pen is absolutely incredible. She is truly one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. She knows pop in and out. Um, I remember the moment that Monopoly dropped. I remember Ariana Grande said, I like women and men. And I was like, now I know good and goddamn well. This cancer is not talking about this. I know somebody else wrote this for her. Who wrote it, right? And then it was featuring Victoria Monet. And I was like, okay, who is this Victoria Monet? Like, I need to know, like, who she is, what she's about. So that's when I really got into Victoria Monet was during the Monopoly. That song came out. Um And I realized that she is like this incredible songwriter, has been writing songs for for forever. Um, And she's just incredible. But it's really cool to see her in her moment now just glowing and growing into this incredible, really triple threat. I mean, she's a songwriter, she's a singer, and she is an incredible dancer. And this song and this music video really shows off her talents. Like... (laughs) Not me trying to be super professional, even though I'm like super thirsty. The whole music video is just very, very sexy. She is, goddamn, she is, she's, 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 she's Victoria Monet, the love of my life. For those of you who are wondering, Victoria Monet is a Taurus sun, Virgo moon. Oh, baby girl, I'm so sorry. Um, And a Leo rising. I could see that. I can see that. Let's see what her Mercury is because she's too good at writing. Her Venus is Taurus. Her Mercury is in Aries in the ninth house. You know what's interesting about that? I think um, when Victoria Monet and Kehlani dated, Kehlani has a Aries Venus. Um, and so they probably got along really well and had a lot of chemistry, not only because they were like, let's not go to the club, but also because... Victoria Monet spoke the way that Kehlani loves, which is nice. But also speaking and doing are two different things. Anyways, I'm speculating on a relationship that I have nothing to do with that I that I play out in my head. But um, anyways, Victoria Monet dropped the visual for Party Girls. Highly recommend you, you check it out. Y'all, we are getting a black sapphic summer because <laughs> Janelle Monet, oh, Let's take a moment for the Sagittarius. Janelle Monet dropped Lipstick Lover and the music video to go along with it. And I think it changed my brain chemistry. I think it scrambled parts of my DNA. And it made me want to start and join a cult of black sapphic femmes. Like I genuinely was like, how do I join? Like, what do I have to like give blood? Like, what do I have to do to join this cult? Because I want to be a part of it. I don't really have many words. There's just bodily feelings that I have about this music video. My, I I can't even talk. Like, I, I wish I could, I wish I could 
just watch the video and you'll understand why I am in a kerfuffle. And if you've seen the music video, you know that it's a celebration of Black feminists, of queerness, of pleasure. And we're going to get back to pleasure at the end. We're going to we're going to have a happy ending. <laughs> we're going to get back to this at the end. But to me, this music video is really important for a lot of reasons. Not only is it like makes my body tingle, <laughs> not only that, but also because it celebrates black femme pleasure. And that is something we do not talk about enough. But with that information, Janelle Monet's album drops June 9th. Now you might be thinking, June 9th? Oh, it's during Pride Month. That makes sense. No, baby. 69. It drops 69. The name of the album is The Age of Pleasure, and it drops on 6-9. That is one nasty, nasty mofo. <laughs> that is a nasty person, and I love it. I love it. And Janelle Monet, for also, for those of you who don't know, is a Sagittarius. And I love Sagittarius more than anything in the entire world. They're like these ethereal creatures that I just want to run away with, join a cult, join a sapphic cult and just have fun with. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, definitely go listen to the song Lipstick Lover. It's so beautiful. And it's just like a vibe. It makes me want to be around a pool with a bunch of black booties. So that is hot by news. So many exciting things happening. A lot of good music is coming. I can feel it. The summer is going to be special. I can already taste it. The flavor is, the flavor is good. The flavor is, it's going to be, it's going to be a hot girl summer, but it's going to be an elevated hawk. I feel like it's going to be a black sapphic summer. And that's what I'm really excited for. So moving on, we're going to move on to hot by Astro tea. The tea is hot, y'all. The tea is hot. First of all, I want to say congratulations to you for outliving a mercury retrograde during a solar and lunar eclipse when the lunar eclipse was in a full moon of Scorpio. You did that, bitch. You did that. You outlived that. You you did that. You need to have a little party. You need to have a little dance party for yourself because we really did that. <laughs> we really did that because this was not easy. This was not easy. I mean, I like going into Mercury retrogrades with a very open mind. I like going into eclipse season with a very open mind um, because it's good to be like, it's good to really be grounded in the fact that like, Good things can happen during these times. Good little happy pockets of accidents can happen during these times. And they did. And they did. I'm sure not only for me, but for you as well. Happy pockets of accidents did happen to you. There's some sad pockets as well. There's some there's some dark pockets in that in that uh in that in those overalls. But we made it. We did it. That's hot shit right there. That is hot shit. Also. Venus moved into Cancer, which is also a really exciting time because Venus, Cancer Venus always reminds me of like a Snuggie under, like a hot Snuggie out of straight, fresh out the dryer. It smells like dryer, you know, those dryer wipes. You put it on, you watch a TV show, uh, your favorite comfort TV show. You've seen it before. You've seen it before. It's comfortable. It's fun. It's a vibe. It's really, really, truly a vibe. It's a moment. And that's what Venus and Cancer really gives. Um, I love that. Do, 
I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say, do I feel compatible with that? No. <laughs> like I said, I love a Sagittarius. I love a fire sign placement. But anyways, Venus in Cancer is really, is a moment to really nurture yourself. Nurture yourself. The spring cleaning has really shifted. Mercury retrograde ends. If you're listening to this when this first comes out, it ends in just a few days. We're going to feel the shadow period. But the spring cleaning has really just... All the dirt has come up. We've cleaned. We've cleaned it in that Scorpio sign. Now it's time to like really sit in the in the fruits of our labor of doing the hard work um, and really invite the Cancer, Cancer, Venus, summer moments to just like renew and refresh us. I really like feel like we're like diving into an ocean of water after a sweaty walk. And I just, I love this for us. I love this for us. So moving on, we're going to move on to buy recommendations. First of all, I want to say that I am rewatching Sex and the City. Sex and the City is so good. It is so good. And I feel like they, I love Sex and the City so much and I love all the characters. I truly wish there was a queer Sex and the City. And I know that I'm going to have to be the one that writes it, but I truly truly wish that there was a queer one because Sex and the City is so good and has such a special place in my heart. I haven't told this story uh, to anyone ever, but um, okay, sit down, grab a snack. So when I was first writing my book, Confessions of a Bisexual, an interactive memoir for baby gays, I was feeling lots of heaps of imposter syndrome because I had never hooked up with a woman. Like I wrote a whole book on being bi and I never once hooked up with a woman. Like I was at a place where I was like feeling really stupid and I would go on these Zoom calls with my publisher and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about this. We're talking about that. Let's talk about sex. Let's have this. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about relationships. Meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, I was growing cobwebs. <laughs> there were cobwebs about. Uh, it was it was not a time where I was really in my in my element, right? I felt like this sense of who the fuck gave you the right to write a goddamn book about being bi when you know you've only hooked up with guys. And then I had to come to the realization centering your queerness around who you fuck is quite sad (laughs) like if that's all your queerness is that's really sad because first of all there's ace people i've talked about this before but obviously queerness is not just sex and as a bisexual the word sex is in the word but doesn't mean that you are sexual and it doesn't mean that being bi only equates to threesomes and and hooking up with women like sure as someone who is i was gonna say someone who is very horny no as someone who is a let's just say i'm a scorpio mars as someone who's a scorpio mars i think sex is great i think it's amazing but it shouldn't be the center of your queerness we all know that right We we all know that by now but when i was writing my book i felt heaps of imposter syndrome and just felt like i was just not not that girl. So this comes back to the buy recommendations, I promise you. So I was watching Sex and the City. There was a bunch of TV shows that I was 
watching while I was writing my book. One of those was Sex in the City. I watched Younger, a lot of TV shows that took place in New York City. And to me, that felt really appropriate for some reason. Anytime I watch TV shows in New York City, like Broad City or whatever it is, I always love New York as a character because in any TV show, the city itself is a character. Whereas I feel like TV shows that take place in LA, it's like really about the characters in the TV show. Um, but there's something very special and magical about TV shows that take place in New York City. I felt this for a long time. Anyways, I was watching Younger. I was watching Sex in the City. There was a bunch of TV shows that I was watching while I was writing my book. But Sex in the City gave me this sense of confidence. I, If you're an air sign rising, you probably escape into the imagination a lot quicker than most people. And as somebody that's an air sign rising, that's very much me. And I'd be writing my book and being like, I'm the black Carrie Bradshaw. And it would just give me confidence. Anyways, there's a lot of issues with the TV show Sex and the City. We all know this. There's a lot of biphobia. Um, unfortunately, being a bisexual that consumes a lot of TV, you have nostalgic beautiful, heartfelt moments with TV shows that are also very, very biphobic. I was watching that show and that show really gave me a lot of confidence. And uh, at a time that I felt really like I didn't have very much confidence in myself. And I think that's the beauty of TV shows. So anyways, I'm rewatching Sex and the City and imagining myself as Samantha Jones. Uh, somebody recently called me Charmantha. Actually, somebody did that years ago. I had a friend who's a Pisces years ago. She's like, Charmantha? I guess I'm in my Charmantha era. Um, I'll give you updates on how Charmantha is doing. Right now, I'm in my very much Carrie Bradshaw, but I'm transitioning into Charmantha. Uh, so I'm excited to take you along that journey with me. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. She's living her best life. That's all I've got to say. Another thing that I am consuming, not just watching, consuming, is this book called Chris and Devon Plan a Wedding. Okay, so it's about a reality TV show where these two people are paired together and they have to plan a wedding and convince their friends and family that they are, in fact, getting married. And it's really good. And it centers on black femme people and... um that's like who the main character is and it's kind of unapologetic about them being black lesbians that are fat and I just love that and I also think it's like hot and beautiful so if you can get a copy it's called Chris and Devon Plan a Wedding by Chancia C. Higgins so yeah those are my buy recommendations Sex in the City and Chris and Devon Plan a Wedding those are the only things that I'm watching slash consuming beyond TikTok so Highly recommend, y'all. Highly recommend. So now we're going to move on to the Q&Gay portion of this episode. There's a lot to talk about here. This listener asks, how to handle biphobia in dating? Baby, 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 let's, let's unpack that right quick. So as I've spoken about before, okay, for first of all, let's say this. My fifth house, which is the house of pleasure, fun, dating for dating's sake, um, is ruled by Libra, an air sign. So um, I don't want to say I'm a slut. <laughs> I'm not a slut. If you're in my family, I'm not a slut. If you're somebody that I know listening to this, I'm not a slut. But my fifth house is ruled by Libra. And I love dating. That doesn't mean that I'm going to sleep with you. But there's nothing wrong with that. But that, but my, anyways, 
I say all this to say that my fifth house is ruled by the sign of beauty and fun and pleasure. So I love dating. I love going out on dates. I love planning dates. I am such a professional dater. Actually, that reminds me of that um, line in Sex and the City where in Charlotte, she's like looking for the man of her dreams. And she's like getting so frustrated because Charlotte has this this vision of what she wants her love to look like. And she's like, when will I find him? I've been dating for 10 years. Where is he? And she like loses it. There's only been like three times in like the entire series that she lost it. But that was one of those times. And um, going back to the question, how to handle biphobia and dating. So yes, I am a dater. I am a professional dater. I love going on dates. I love seeing the city through the eyes of romance. And I love learning new facts about people. Like even if I don't think that they're compatible with me, I just love the idea of like, learning something new, like learning a new fact about a person. Really, I love learning new things. I love dating. So when it comes to dating in LA and specifically being a bisexual, I think it's really difficult because a lot of times, and I haven't really spoken about this, when I first started dating, I felt like there was a lot of weird biphobic stuff that people weren't open and honest with me about. They just kind of ghosted me. Or I remember, I talk about this in my book. There's a guy that I was seeing for a really long time and he could tell that I was bi. He knew I was, he was was straight. He knew I was bi. I still was like in my straight girl area, but everybody's a little bit queer, you know, like one of those girls. And so I was like open. I wasn't even open to me. I was open to other people being queer, but I just wasn't open to myself being queer. So anyways, this guy, he would send me articles, you know, throughout the day, which, you know, I love learning new things. Um, He knew that, you know, he was a Virgo. He was very like detail oriented. He would notice new things about me all the time. Like, oh, you got your nails done. Oh, you like new articles. You like learning new information. I'm going to send you information, right? So he would send me articles throughout the day. um, And we'd talk about like pop culture things. Tell me why this man would constantly send me articles about Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson rumored to be together. <laughs> he would send me articles about them and I'd be like, that's cool. Anyways, so my day, blah, blah, blah. And I would try to like dodge it, right? Because he kept being like, hello, hello, hello. You're black. You're clearly queer. Like here, here, here are some articles, right? And I remember one day I was in his kitchen um, that he never used and was extremely pristine because again, he was a Virgo and, or is a Virgo. He's not dead, but his pristine kitchen, I was in his kitchen and we were just sitting there and he was, he brought up the Tessa Thompson thing again, I believe. He was like, oh yeah, Tessa Thompson, Janelle Monae, like they're rumored to be together. Um, and if you live in LA, like sometimes you have inside sources. So I'm not going to say that they're together or not. I, do not believe that they were together, but I think they made a cute couple, whatever. Um, and then he just stops and he looks at me and he goes, so are you bisexual? When I tell you, I felt like I was emotionally butt-ass naked in front of this goddamn man. I was <laughs> for re- like, I had knots in my stomach and I wasn't expecting it. Right. I was just like, um, 
did I say something when I was sleeping? Like, how did you know that I was struggling with this mentally? Because I was so, like, it's very clear that I'm, like, it's very clear. He was like, so are you bisexual? And the way that he said it, first of all, I felt seen. I felt emotionally butt naked. I felt all these things, right? Like, oh, he has been looking and seeing who I am. And obviously, this is who I am. He's been paying close enough attention. Like, that's great. And that's affirming. But at the same time, the way that he said it felt very, like, sexual. Like, oh, we could use this as a springboard to have threesomes. And I'm not mad at threesomes. But when I am objectified, that's when it's, like, danger zone. That's when I'm like, this is not fun. Like, now it's for your pleasure and not for my pleasure. And I don't like that very much. The thing is, biphobia really... It lies beneath the surface in a way that a lot of other phobias don't. And I experienced this obviously as a black person, as a woman, as a queer person, but specifically as a bi person, feeling as though people want to really objectify you. And I talk about this on my Twitter as well. And I thought it was just cis men. Like in this experience, obviously this was a cis man. And I was like, oh, well, cool. Like I know this for the future that I'm not really, you know, meant to be objectified by by cis men. So I started dating women and I found that there's a lot of women who do this as well. And I feel really uncomfortable talking about this because I'm like, am I allowed to say this? Like, am I allowed to expose people? Um, But it's not just cis men who objectify you and assume certain things about you because you're bi. I went on a date with somebody. People were hitting on me because I'm a pretty girl. I live in a city, whatever. People were hitting on me. I'm very magnetic, blah, blah, blah. I'm outside. People look at me, whatever. I'm attractive. If you go on a date with somebody that's attractive, expect other people to find them attractive. Like, are you, hello, that's the way the world works. So this person was like upset that I was attractive they're attracted to me so I don't understand how that works anyways um and they were like this is why I don't deal with bisexuals and straight girls in the moment I was like huh huh first of all first of all don't ever put me in the category with a straight person ever (laughs) that reminds me of the meme of Naomi Campbell when she's like don't Ever compare yourself to me. Um, that's how I feel. First of all, don't ever put me in a category with a straight woman ever in your in in your life. Ever. In I am not a live, laugh, love girly. I'm so sorry, but never ever put me in that category. Secondly, if you don't like bisexuals, why the fuck are you on a date with me? <laughs> why are you here? Why are we here right now? And thirdly, if you don't like that somebody is attractive, then date some ugly people. Like, I don't know what to tell. Like, to me, it just seems very strange that people put so much weight on your bisexuality in a way that feels like it's like pressure. It's like, okay, so next time when I go out, should I look less sexy? Should I look less pretty? Should I be less attractive? Should I overcompensate and pretend to be a lesbian so that you like me more? Like, what am I supposed to do with this information? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. (laughs) So anyways, 
how to deal with biphobia, if I'm being totally honest, I don't really know. I'm on this train and I'm new. I'm new to this ride. Um, so I don't really know. Here's what I do know. I do know that as a bisexual, I am worthy of good things. As a bisexual, I'm not difficult to date because I'm bi. As a bisexual, a lot of people are going to project their bullshit onto me because they feel unworthy or insecure or whatever weird childhood. I really don't care what it is, and I don't really care to, like, break it down. What I do care about is myself and my own mental health, and when it comes to dealing with people and dating or whatever, I always look for people that celebrate me. I always, always look for people that celebrate me. If you're not celebrating me for who I am, and this is not just romantically, this is like friendships, whatever. If you don't celebrate who I am, then you can't get on this ride. I'm so sorry. You don't qualify. <laughs> you don't qualify. You, I'm so sorry, but choose a new ride. I think it's really important, especially for bisexuals, to set up really specific boundaries to what they will and will not handle and just be clear with yourself like what what am I willing to say yes to and what am I not okay with and somebody being blatantly biphobic uh-uh no if they're undercover biphobic let's open this up and dissect this because if you're not celebrating me if it's not a birthday party every day I don't want a baby so goodbye good night and I want nothing to do with you celebration is something that I've been thinking a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about. I've been thinking a lot about it because the most I've ever been celebrated just as a human being has been from my friends, my queer friends and my straight friends. Not going to lie. There's some straight ones in there that are pretty dope. And I feel like I talked about this on my story last week, but I feel like a lot of my friendships have fucked up my dating pool. <laughs> Because they set the bar so incredibly high that I can't even fathom at this point. I'm sure in a year from now, I'll be like, oh, I got this this bad bitch. She's so sexy and perfect and amazing. I'm manifesting that for next year. Whatever. But at this point, it feels like the bar is so high because my friends celebrate me so much to the point that it feels like how can somebody ever meet that high standard? You know, how can someone ever, ever see me the way my friends see me? And part of it too is I'm a Scorpio. If you're a Scorpio or have Scorpio placements, you might not want people to see you. And then you're like mad that you're not getting, you know, reciprocity and vulnerability and you're not being seen. Well, you gotta, you gotta, Make yourself seen. Take the sunglasses off. Make yourself seen. But yeah, friendships have really fucked up my dating pool because the shit is murky. It's always been murky. But my friend setting the bar even higher, I'm like, okay, okay. Well, now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Um. So yeah. So you have to find people in your circle that celebrate you. Anybody that doesn't, honestly, whether they're your family, your friends, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your nephew, whoever they are, they do not celebrate you. You don't need to stick around for that. You know, you do not need to stick around for that, which brings me to the fact that this week, as this episode is dropping, is 
Mother's Day, which is a big topic for a lot of people. It's a sore topic for a lot of people, um, particularly queer people. And this also includes parents. If your parents do not celebrate you, you are not obligated to celebrate them in return, to give them the things that they're not giving you. The older I get, the more I realize that unbalanced relationships are so incredibly soul-sucking, and I don't deserve that, and I never have. Whether I was a kid, whether I was an adult, whatever, now I can make these decisions for myself. You are not obligated to give people access to you who do not deserve access to you. And Mother's Day is really tough. It's really hard for a lot of people. Do something special for yourself. Do something special for just you and yourself. Maybe get a group of friends together. Do something special just for you to celebrate you if you've had to remother yourself. And I know that's really difficult and I know that's really hard. And sometimes Mother's Day, Father's Day, those can be really sore subjects and sore days and hard, rough days, especially if you have a parent who doesn't accept your sexuality, a parent who doesn't um, respect your pronouns, a parent that doesn't respect who you are as a person. So find little ways to remother yourself as cancer. This Venus is in cancer. Find ways to remother yourself Uh, during this time, you know, as spring cleaning has ended, as all the astrological things are kind of like settling, find a little moment for yourself during this time to remother and re-nurture yourself. So yeah, I also want to talk and I want to end on this on black femme pleasure. A friend of mine suggested that I read a book called Pleasure Activism by Adrian Marie Brown. I have not read that book yet. Um, I'm trying not to read too many self-help books because I feel like I over-intellectualize all of my feelings all of the time, and I'm tired of doing that. But Pleasure Activism is a great book to start um, for for so many so many reasons. It's really really great. Um, this is what the, the summary is about this book. How do we make social justice the most pleasurable human experience? How can we awaken within ourselves desires that make it possible to settle to to settle for anything less than a fulfilling life? Pleasure Activism is at heart a deeply personal collection of poems, interviews, artwork, and reflections curated by Brown. So highly recommend you you read that book. But I've been thinking a lot about pleasure, especially after watching the Janelle Monet music video, Lipstick Lover. And this idea that black femme pleasure is never celebrated. Like that's not something that we kind of take on as a society and do sort of naturally. Like we really have there was that girl boss movement where people were like celebrating like women working and entrepreneurs white women white skinny able-bodied women working um and having kids and being rich and having rich husbands and um having side businesses that were kind of didn't contribute to society whatsoever but that was like the girl boss movement and then it turned into this idea of seeing sex sort of through the same male gaze, but like being sluttier, but like really embracing your sexuality, which I think we kind of, I don't know if we necessarily needed through the lens of white women particularly, but that's kind of what happened. That was kind of 
what rebirthed next after that girl boss movement. There were a bunch of sex positive podcasts and I really kind of embraced that as well, but it really lacked, it, it lacked something big. And that was looking at sex through the lens of pleasure through black femininity. And that's not something that we do often. And I feel like we need to do it more. Um, and that's what Janelle Monet's music video reminded me of. Basically, the summary of the music video is that she is at this pool party. She sees this beautiful woman who's inside these lips. This is queer as fuck. Inside these lips, she's like, wow, she's beautiful. And then she goes on this beautiful journey of pleasure of seeing this woman. And there's these other women like touching her. And she's like, I like it when people kiss my neck and it's it's all about pleasure it's all about what feels what feels good and it celebrates it it's reflected in the gaze of black feminists and what that looks like and i will never not think about the podcast that talked about the fact that black womanhood is outside the gender binary so we know that right so there's that little puzzle piece but also Beyond that fact, the reason why a lot of music videos or just art in general we see through the male gaze is because a lot of times, even if the concept is super queer and super black and super beautiful and the writing is great, if the director is a is a man or a cis man, it's going to change the perspective. Like the lens in which we see black femme pleasure has to be for us by us, period. And that was successfully done in Janelle Monet's music video. And it just makes me think about celebrating my own pleasure and not just pleasure when it comes to sex. Cause that's like only, that's like the tip of the iceberg, right? There's so many other types of pleasure, but celebrating what feels good, you know, what feels good, going on a walk, um, talking to a friend, doing a good deed, volunteering, feeling the sun, going to the beach, reading a book. Um, those things feel really good and should be celebrated highly. And that's what I want to bring in this summer is celebrating Black feminists through the lens of me. So with that, thank you so much for watching Hot by Summer. Why am I saying watching? I feel like we're in, I honestly, every time I record a podcast, I feel like we're just two friends kikiing. Like we're just like on the phone. We're FaceTiming. We're like, okay, hey girl, this is what I learned. What did you learn? What did you learn? So with that, thanks for I, I was going to say it again. Thanks for listening to Hot by Summer. This was a really fun little fun little episode. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Leave me a little love note, you know. Leave me a little feedback, what you think. Feel free to email hotbysummer at gmail.com if you have any question, because um, I am taking questions from listeners, so feel free to, to, feel free to do that. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Hot by Summer. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.